social media is buzzing with those who call themselves influencers. Influencers often attract followers by drawing attention by what they do, where they visit, and ultimately themselves. Join the Care Pastors in this five-week series entitled Influencers, where they will discuss how to be an influencer not for yourself, but for God and His kingdom. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries Podcast at Brookwood Church. My name is Gene Beckner. I'm a care pastor. And I'm here with the usual crew, Josh Masters. Hey, everybody. Associate care pastor, Doug Wildman. How you doing? From Canada. We just found out hey. you used to do voiceovers on the radio. Yes, I did. It's yep. amazing kind of things that happen. I'm not that talented. And I'm definitely not as talented as Magical Marissa. That was a no, good None of us are. <laughs> <laughs> Magical Marissa at the she helm. Is, uh, yeah, she is definitely making what we do sound good. So we appreciate, I appreciate all of y'all being here, you know? We appreciate you being here, So uh, let's get right to it. We're ending this uh, series about uh, uh, influencers, how to be an influence. Um, and when we get to this last section, and I think it, um, to me it seemed to be quite obvious, but... There may be some people out there who this could be challenging, and I want to be sensitive to that, um, you know, because uh, it's very easy to uh, be unaware, have blind spots that that you are trying to get the glory, that you're trying to get the credit, that you're trying to get the followers, that you're trying to get people uh, to to give you the credit for things. And, you know, if we're honest, that probably does feel good. You know, there's, there's a part of us that likes to be recognized. Um, uh, once again, we see where Jesus is giving us the um, kind of the roadmap. He's showing us the way to go about um, not glorifying ourselves, not taking the credit, but allowing God to, to be the one that, that, has, that gets the credit. And it's interesting in, in John 8 um, that... Um, people are just hurling insults at him and kind of making stuff up. They uh, they basically say that he was a devil and that he's possessed by a demon. And of course, you know, he hadn't done anything but heal people and, and help people. And I love what he says in verse 49. He says, no, he says, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father. And then he basically pushes it back on them. He says, look, you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He's the true judge. And I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And the people said, well, now we know you're possessed by a demon. Because even Abraham and the prophets died, but you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? That's a that's a tough one to not want to respond in anger or respond with, you know, he could have. Yeah, he could have struck him right down. I know, right? Yeah. But he says in verse 54, he says, if I want to glorify or I want to glory for myself, it doesn't count. Mm. I think that's worth repeating. If I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. So that's a good question to ask yourself today. Do are you seeking that? You know, are you trying to find your your value in having a bunch of people follow you on social media or having a bunch of people tell you how great you are? He says if you want it, 
it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a heart issue right there mm-hmm. to say, hey, I don't even want it. But I love this. He says, but it is my Father who will glorify me. And I love that part of it because basically Jesus has such a great relationship with God that he's saying, hey, look, that's up to God. If, if God wants to give me glory, then that's up to him. Like that is, that is a sign of a, of a true servant. And I think we need to get that mentality is, is that you can be a, a great influencer for, for God. But you have to allow God to be the one who's going to give you, and he may not give you glory, right? This doesn't guarantee it. You may live in obscurity, but that's where we're looking at things eternally and saying, okay, you know, um, because if the angels in heaven rejoice when one person gets saved, you know, what if you're in a situation where God's maybe testing you and saying, hey, are you going to glorify yourself or are you going to glorify me so that this person... And come to know me and and, and live eternally. Uh, in John 17, 4, it says that Jesus is talking to God. And he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. And I could go on that for a long time, but that's a great question is to ask yourself is, do I know what God has called me to do? Do, mm-hmm. do I know what he's calling me to do? And the question becomes... Am I accomplishing that? Because that's, that's one of the ways that you give God glory is that you accomplish what he gave you to do, right? Because that's going to be better than mm-hmm. building my own kingdom or giving myself the glory because that will be a distraction. That will take people away from following Christ or getting to know who God is. And, and Doug is going to kind of hit on a couple of stories here where God's judgment comes upon people because they were glorifying themselves and not yep. and not him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um this first story is one that you may have read before um and it's a little bit harsh. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> Just bit. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, uh yeah. Um it's taken from Acts chapter 12. And I'm not going to read it word for word here. Um, I'm just going to kind of describe to you what was going on. So um, it says that Herod, uh, this is the story of two different dictators in the scripture. The first one is Herod. Um, That's not a TV show. <clears throat> what like, the, like my two dads? No, my, my, my two, two dictators. dictators. No, um, <laughs> no. The the first dictator was Herod, and uh, he. It says that he in Acts chapter twelve verses twenty through twenty three. If you want to look it up, um, Herod was actually struck down with a sickness because he did not defer the praise of the people when uh, when they said that he was a god. Mm-hmm. I had uh, looked up uh, in this. Ancient, sorry, I had <laughs> you guys are make fun of me for my history stuff here, but Josephus. No, we're, um, we, we're impressed. No, actually. we're impressed. Josephus. I Josephus. Yeah. Josephus was a Jewish historian, and he recorded that what what uh, Herod had actually done was he had had somebody make him clothing that had these little um, uh, pieces of metal on them that were highly polished so that when the sun was rising up over the horizon, the light would come and strike him on his clothes and he would have like this glowing appearance. Mm. And he, his whole purpose was to kind of get glory for himself. 
So when the people saw this, they were like, man, we've never seen anything like Herod must be a god. Look at him. And then he's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so it says in, in Acts that he was suddenly struck down and he – I'm not making this stuff up. I can't make this stuff up. Worms like burst out of his body. Mm. Talk about weird. Um, but um, read the story. I encourage you to. It's um, bizarre. Um, you know what I find interesting about that though is that Moses, when Moses comes from being with God, his face is shining with the glory of God. Yes. And but what yet is he... Herod is trying to recreate that, but he's doing it in a man-made way. And and what did Moses do when his face was he covered? He covered he his covered. face. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that something? Yep. Yep. Interesting how different that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so the, the second one I really wanted to point to was Daniel chapter 4. Um, and the, the second dictator is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar needs to have a movie made about him. I'm telling oh, you. That would be a good movie. Because, I mean, he went from being a man who was all about himself to being a man at the end of his life. He, he actually acknowledged that God was the God of this, the, the God of the universe. Um, so, um, so I'm just going to be reading a, a few select um, verses. This is uh, Daniel chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading in verse 27. Um, it talks about Daniel saying, look, you, you are, you're going to need to watch yourself because I'm telling you, if you don't, some judgment is going to come upon you. Mm. Um, so uh, in, in verse, uh, let's see, I'm going to say verse 27, it says, therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness um, and from your uh, and and turning from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, um, in case there may be a prolonging um, of your prosperity. So so get this: twelve months pass, and he is um, looking out. After Daniel had warned him, he had 12 months to repent of, of his sin. And, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar was looking out over his kingdom and he said, man, I look at what I have made. And while this is taken uh, from verse uh, 31, it says, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared Sovereignty has been removed from you, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling will be with the beasts of the field, and you will be, um, you will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass uh, over you until um, you recognize that the Most High is the ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows upon it whomever he wishes. Um, and immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled and he was driven away from mankind and he began eating grass like cattle and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. But at the end of that period of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed uh, the Most High, and I praised and honored him who lives forever. For his 
dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. Um, and then it goes on in verse 35, and it says, um, but he does according to his will uh, in the host of heaven and among all the inhabitants of the, of the earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? Um, and then it continues, and it says, and at that time, my reason returned to me. It says that a second time. And my majesty and my splendor were restored to me, and my the glory, um, my glory was returned to me as well. So he basically went on to to say that he went from being this great king, like he was he was the dictator of the world basically at that time, and then he didn't humble himself. He didn't acknowledge, even after having been warned, and everything was removed from him. Everything. Um, and then his his reason left him, um, and uh, it was a long period of time after that finally came back. And then he, at the end of his life, said, "Hey, look, um, I I made a mistake. God is the is the the Lord of the universe, um, and he he humbled himself. So that's a that's a good story. Um, the the question is." How often are we, maybe without even realizing it, how how many of us can even put on um, an air of holiness, mm-hmm. and and yet still actually, if we really search our heart, we may be doing it for ourselves. Um, to me, that's a very um, that that's a really humbling thing that we need to we need to ask ourselves. Um, so, Josh, you were gonna continue on with us uh, talking a little bit about meditation. Yeah, so, you know, I think we have this dual issue in our lives, all of us, where we fight the flesh versus our new nature. Mm -hmm. And I think by default, all of us want glory for our influence, no matter what size our influence is, but our sinful nature wants us to receive credit for things. So I think one of the best ways in order for us to focus on giving that glory to God is to take the focus off ourselves and meditate on Christ's glory. Mm-hmm. Because we see again and again in Scripture that whenever someone has a bad attitude and they're confronted with who Christ is or who the Father is, it completely transforms their attitude, mm-hmm. not because their circumstances change, but because they suddenly see the glory of God and their lack of glory in comparison to God. Yeah, and that's so, actually a blessing. Like even with oh, Nebuchadnezzar, sure. you know, he could have stayed that way the rest of his life. Yeah, <clears throat> but I like yeah. what you said. He looked toward heaven. Yeah, and then God took, um, you know, gave him grace. You know, yeah. grace and, and mercy, and brought him. And like you said, he. You know, that's not going to happen without God in, yes. you know, in getting involved in it. So like even what you're saying, that it can be quite humbling to look at your glory and then look at God's glory. Right. And then go, Ugh, I really don't have anything. Exactly. Yeah, I think that that's right. And and you had said, and that models even Christ's attitude. You know, Christ had an attitude of humility, and you said at the beginning of today's episode 
in John 8 where he says, if, if I want to glorify myself, Jesus says, it doesn't count. You know, and again and again in Scripture, we see where Jesus says, my purpose is to glorify the Father. Mm-hmm. And then as he obeyed and humbled himself, you know, Philippians says he was God, but humbled himself by becoming a slave. Mm-hmm. As he humbled himself, then the Father glorifies the Son. And then Scripture later says that if we humble our side, ourselves, the day will come when Christ will exalt and glorify us. Mm-hmm. But when we try to gain our own glory, that gets stripped away. So I think if, if we focus and we meditate on the glory of God and ask him to reveal his glory, mm-hmm. that will strip us of any glory seeking that we have. Um, so a couple of verses for that that we had looked at and talked about before we uh, started recording is Luke 2.14. Very short, glory to God in the highest. Mm-hmm. What if we just repeat that? Mm-hmm. Glory, glory to, to God, God in, in the highest. Yep. And what's amazing about that, when I think about that verse, is that's being spoken by angels. The angels, in reference to Christ, are saying glory to God in the highest. But they don't show up and say that when he's being resurrected, saying, look at his power. Mm. They show up and say it the moment he stepped out of glory and became a child Mm. at his most humble point. That's when the angels say, glory to God in the highest. That was his most humble moment. Mm -hmm. And that's when the angels say, glory to God in highest. So can we focus on that and can we model that in our own lives? And then something for us to repeat, this should be our, our rally cry when it comes to our influence. Psalm 115.1 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. Mm. So let's meditate on Luke 2.14 on Psalm 115.1, and then the final one I'll give you is 1 Corinthians 10.31, where it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And what that's being conveyed, what's being conveyed in that verse is we don't go, okay, now for this hour, I'm going to set this aside to bring glory to God. Yeah. No, 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 whatever you do, whatever you're doing, have a focus on the kingdom. Mm. So even when we're eating, even we're dr- when we're drinking, you know, somewhere else in Scripture it says, if you just give a cup of water to someone who's thirsty, you're doing that for Christ. Mm-hmm. Every moment we should be focused on what the kingdom is doing and what Christ is doing and his glory in the kingdom. We have to take the focus off ourselves and be completely focused on Christ, no matter what's going on in our lives, not just the time that we've set aside to influence for God, and then I'll go live my life. It's every moment. And the other thing that's interesting about that is that verse is sort of, it's often quoted, but in context, Paul is talking about the unity of the church and not having division with some people who think you should eat this meat and some people who Mm -hmm. think you shouldn't eat that meat. Mm -hmm. So when we are completely focused on God... Not only does it keep our desire for glory in check, 
but it brings unity to the full body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our our work is to glorify God. You know, people say, "What is what are you, what have you been called to do?" We can all have the same answer: mm-hmm. to glorify God. We may have different tasks that we're doing to glorify God, right. mm-hmm. but I think we get too focused on our outcome of our, our influence. You know, mm-hmm. what was the outcome of me speaking on Sunday? What's the mm-hmm. outcome of this small group we did? What's the outcome of this marriage workshop we did? Yeah. The outcome of the actual workshop or message is secondary to glorifying God in the action. Right. So I think that if we meditate on the glory of God, then that, then that puts us in the right direction. That, that kind of assumes that, um, you know, we are, we are staying in constant communion with God, because honestly, um, I, I think very easily we just kind of carry on with life and we're, we're not tuned in to what the Spirit is saying. Mm-hmm. When you start to really do some soul searching, you start to realize, okay, what is this really about? Right. Why am I choosing to say this or to post that? What, what's really the, the motivation behind what I'm, what I'm doing? And the Lord will reveal himself to us if we ask. I mean, he, he promises that. So Lord, um, help me, help us to, to understand what it is that is within my own heart, my own motivation. Mm-hmm. That one. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we, as we wrap up this, this series, you can take this this last part of giving God the glory and go back through the other four um, podcasts and say, okay, so when the first week was start where you are with the end in mind, with the idea that whatever I'm doing, I'm starting, it's for God's glory. Mm. Use what you have. Well, the Bible says that in Ephesians 4, that the gifts are for the church. So if God has given you a gift or you have resources, God gave you the resources as well. So you're using what you have to give God the glory. Mm-hmm. So you're starting where you are to give God the glory. And then act on what you see or hear to give God. The, it's all like it all does that. And then guide and lead others to God so that God gets the glory. Like. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think, Josh, you said this, is that if, if I'm constantly keeping that in mind, you know, then it, it keeps us in check, hopefully. And I, I thought it was interesting that even in the Nebuchadnezzar story, that in the, in the uh, I think it was NLT, it says when he, when he looked to heaven, mm-hmm. then it was almost like God said, okay, now you're, you've, you've learned whatever lesson it was you needed to learn. Um, and, you know, you were talking about reason, and it talked about in, um, in other translations, they lost his sanity. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we should have a, 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 a healthy fear of God, mm-hmm. that the fact that we can even sit here and be in our right minds, which some people would probably contest, um, is because God allows us to, you know? Yeah. Like, I think gift. then you start you have a different feel. And then you, then you start look like Doug said, you start looking at the motivation behind why am I doing what I'm doing? Because if, again, there could be some woundedness there. There could be some, some issues of, of trying to, you know, find validation, find acceptance by helping other people, 
or getting people to be dependent upon you versus, okay, is this, God, is this going to bring you glory? Is this going to, to help you? Because I think if, if you are starting out with that, then I agree. I think that God will direct you. If you're not there, then there may be some confession and some repentance that needs to occur so that he can use you, you know, kind of like Saul, you know, Paul becomes, Saul becomes Paul, you know, it, it was quite a dramatic impact, mm. but that's what it needed to take. And, you know, let, let's be wary. Let's listen to those words that, that Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, which was, Hey, here, here's what's in front of you. There's going to be a judgment here, so turn it around. And he didn't. You know, it says he waited a year. And then a lot of the, the scholars say that, that that seven time that passed was seven years. Think about that. Like, you had 12 months, but you didn't, and now there's seven years of a consequence. Yeah, and not a small consequence. No, it was huge. Yeah. So... Um, but there's grace in that. Absolutely. Even even in that, there's grace. Because look at the first story that you told Herod, like he didn't get any warning, yeah. just the worm started bursting out of him and yeah. he's done. And he's done. <laughs> like as awful as Nebuchadnezzar's judgment was, he was given mercy and grace in the end. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Any closing thoughts before we, uh, we end? Yeah, I, I was just reading about God's patience with us. You know, mm. and so it reminds me of what you were, what you were saying. Yeah. Um, do you guys find that when you become aware of the fact that you are doing something for the wrong reasons, that it just gives you a distaste, like it mm. just kind of makes you makes makes you feel sort of sick to your stomach almost. Yeah. When when you realize it, when you come to realize yeah. it, and it's almost like it's not just that it's ineffective; it's like it feels, it feels wrong, mm -hmm. and I think that's because we've had our hearts changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we have the blessing of the Holy Spirit in us, whereas Nebuchadnezzar did not. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Herod did not, um, and so again, that, that's another he had gift. Worms in he had worms in him. <laughs> yeah. but that was that's quite different. <laughs> but I think again, that's another um, another blessing is that again, God leaves His Spirit in us. Yeah. And so it has the ability to guide us. And that is what's going to be the biggest influence is when people see God's glory on you. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Josh talked about with, you know, and they'll be drawn to him in you. Yeah. And then when you continue to glorify God in what you do, then God is the one, God's the one responsible for the results mm -hmm. anyway. So... He just allows us to, to be a part of it. And I'm glad that I'm not responsible for the results because then I would probably become anxious. There would probably be a lot of pressure on me to have mm -hmm. numbers and to have things, you know, happen or whatever instead of going, no, that's, that's God's call. I'm supposed to learn to hear and see him and then act on, on what I'm seeing and hearing. Yeah, that's good. You want to end this, Josh? You want to pray for us? Sure, yeah, let me pray. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for this podcast series, and I pray um, for those who are listening and for those of us in the studio here that you would transform us, that you would give us an awareness of your 
glory and that it would humble us. But Lord, I pray also that we would not run away from the influence that you've given us, that you would teach us how to be salt and light, how to be a reflection of your grace and your mercy and your compassion and your hope and your strength to a broken world. Teach us how to not run away from the influence that you're putting in front of us and the opportunities that you're putting in front of us without becoming addicted to the feeling it gives us in terms of gathering glory for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Teach us how to be humble servants. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If we can be an encouragement to you or you just want to connect with us at Brooklyn Care Ministries, you can call us at 864-688-8355 or you can visit us at brookwoodchurch.org slash care.